The National Football League's Final Four, the Detroit Lions, the San Francisco 49ers, and the NFC and the AFC. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. The Detroit Lions are going into San Francisco. The last time the Lions won a road game, a playoff road game, was 1957. Guess where? In San Francisco, at old Kizar Stadium. That was yep. before Candlestick Park. By the way, the Lions won the NFL championship that year, predates the Super Bowl. This is ATL Prime Sports. I'm Todd. He's Wayne in the upper right. The homer, JJ with the Falcons in the lower right. And Larry, who's somewhere in Rome, is on the phone with us tonight. Gentlemen, welcome. And uh, I, all four of us are here, which has been a while. And I'm really thrilled to see all of you. All right. Well, I tell you, the only thing happening here in Memphis is uh, we've uh, our basketball team has dropped its last two games, the Memphis Tigers, uh, one to a practically empty house uh, here at home against South Florida. Uh, no band and no cheerleaders and uh, very few people in attendance. I lost that by one point and then went down there and Ron Hunter's t uh, squad handed us another loss down in New Orleans uh, via Tulane. They quite a team down there. Yeah, I'm doing all right, guys. Not as well as Major League Baseball Hall of Famers now. Catcher Joe Maurer, third baseman Adrian Beltre, and of course, first baseman Todd Helton. And of course, the manager Jim Leland goes in as well. We can't forget him. Maurer and Beltre are their first ballot Hall of Famers. Helton was on his sixth. Helton, the former teammate of Peyton Manning at Tennessee, by the way. Hats off to three, well, really four great careers. Thanks for the memories, fellas. Only 65 days until first pitch. I can't wait. Larry, how you doing this evening, buddy? Doing well. Gentlemen, doing well. Life's good up here. And I, I kind of, I ain't going to say irritated that Andrew didn't make it into the hall, but he's got a couple of years left on the ballot. He'll eventually make it in. But the one thing that's really, like, getting up under my skin is the Gary Sheffield. I, I can't understand how he didn't get in this time, but. Hopefully, by the time he makes it to the committee vote, he'll get in as well. So, Hall of Fame is on everybody's uh, mantra, it seems like, here around these parts. But I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you for asking. You also can add Billy Wagner, the closer. I mean, he's sixth all-time in saves. I don't know why five guys didn't get in. I, I agree 100% with Larry. But you know what, guys? I got it. I got the Homer edition. This is my John Fetterman Detroit Lions wardrobe with the hoodie. Here we go. Here we go. And I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. You already. You guys already know who I'm picking. You, you. You already know. And also, as Herm Edwards would say, "Don't press in." And I say, "Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes." Kind of a giveaway for our pick six. We're gonna do that later on. We're gonna talk Falcons coaching rumors. AFC, NFC championship games. You know what, guys? Let's let's go to the rumors. I was going to do the championship games first. Let's go to the Falcons, and they kind of update where they're going here. Um, you know, the Dirty Birds. Uh, you know, there's the rift, supposedly, between McKay and Belichick. It's reported Belichick won't come because of, of, of Rich McKay. Uh, I really don't know what to think of it at this point. Is it a snag? Who knows? He's Belichick is still to me 
still the number one on the leaderboard. Uh, you know, you're going to have the Lions coordinators come in for a second interview after the NFC Championship game. You're going to have other coaches, maybe Jim Harbaugh, maybe not. He is within striking distance of being uh, the head coach of the Chargers. And, and JJ, what are your thoughts on this Falcons situation? I tell you, they've been really thorough about it. Yeah, I, I, I've mentioned it each week. I want as many interviews as the Falcons can possibly get. Uh, I want as many football minds making the decision in the front office in Atlanta as possible. Uh, it, it, we, we've all heard the rumors. Uh, I think it's interesting. Atlanta is bringing in Mike McDonald for a second interview as well. They've interviewed 13 total candidates. As far as I'm concerned, uh, a little update on the head coaching and general management vacancies. Dan Morgan will fill in in Carolina. Uh, that's an update. I think we need to get out there. And uh, Brian Callahan looks like he's going to be the next man in Tennessee. So a uh, couple one, one, one of the Falcons interviews already hired. So he's out the board. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Falcons do, TC and Larry and Wayne. I, there's so many options here. We've heard the rumors with the rift between McKay and Belichick. Who knows what that's from? Is it from maybe, and I'm saying this to ask the question, is it from the 28-3 debacle? Is there no. something from when Rich McKay was back in Tampa Bay? We don't know. I, I'm not saying that's the rift. I'm just saying we don't know what the rift is. We're not in the room, so the questions can be asked and the reports can be very vague. So, listeners, take those reports vaguely because I think the Falcons' two head guys are still what we've been talking about this whole time. Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick. And, and I Mike think those Rabel. two guys have, have, have pretty good possibilities of coming here. If they're well, both being brought back, well, Bill Belichick's already brought back for a second interview. We're bringing in Jim Harbaugh, or we already have. I shouldn't say we. The Falcons already have brought in Jim Harbaugh. There's interest. Both ways, mutual interest. I think they work out a deal with one of those two guys, fellas. What say you? I think Mike, Mike Vrabel's got an interview coming up, too. You, you're right, Queen. But I tell you what, honestly, Larry, I, I, I don't know if the Falcons get Belichick. Nobody knows nothing at this point. It's all speculation. Uh, right. Jim Harbaugh looks like he's going to go to the Chargers. Looks like he's in striking distance. If San Diego doesn't let him out of the building, maybe they get a deal done tonight or tomorrow. And, and Larry, to me, the guy that the, the non the coordinators from all the big names. It seems like uh, Johnson uh, from Detroit's the number one guy they want to bring in here. You know, Atlanta has similar pieces than what Detroit has on offense. I don't think it, Belichick, I don't think it has anything to do with 28 to 3. I just think it's all, as they say, say in Scarface, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the girl. Well, in this case, Bill Belichick already has the money. He <laughs> certainly wants the power. And the girl is a football team to coach to break Don Shula's record. Larry, what say you? It's, it's, I think here's the deal, fellas. It's, we know Bill Belichick wants every bit of control and power that he can have because that's what he's been used to. And for those of us who have been Falcon fans for as long as Arthur Blank has owned the team, it has been Rich McKay has been the Don, the Don Lino of the Atlanta Falcons power brass, even more so than former GMs Thomas Dimitrov and, of course, current GM Terry Fontenot. That's where your riff is. People can say, oh, we don't know. We can speculate all you want to. But 
ain't no 71, almost 72-year-old head coach who's been used to buying the groceries and cooking the groceries. His, his entire lineage there in, in, in uh, New England going to come to Atlanta without that being one of the, the, the benefits of having a job. But here's my thing about it all. Atlanta is the only team that Coach Belichick is talking to. Is it because nobody else really wants to deal with it, or is it because Coach Belichick is saying it's going to be either Atlanta or no one else? That's the first part of my thoughts. The second part is they were really blown away and impressed by Ben Johnson, of course, the offensive coordinator of Detroit, as well as Bobby Sloan, the uh, OC there in Texas, uh, for the Texans who just got uh, eliminated last week after a, a well of a performance uh, against the uh, Baltimore Ravens and, and hats off to Baltimore for the second half and what offensive coordinator Todd Munkin did there. But long story short, everybody knows what the riff is. Falcons Nation don't want nothing to do with Belichick. And I think the whole issue there is, and, and, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think the whole issue dealing with Atlanta is simply Rich McKay. The definition of doing insanity, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same result. And the one constant common denominator in this whole process has been the man known as Rich McKay. Hey, Larry, here's the deal. It comes down to power. I stated it earlier. You know, Rich McKay is, is, is Arthur Blank's right-hand man. The GM and the coach each report to Rich McKay. Um, he's been there since early 2000s. We know what his record is at GM. We don't need to get into that. It's pretty damn impeccable, uh, especially at Tampa Bay. And it was here at Atlanta. He was responsible for drafting Matt Ryan. Is Arthur Blank, if he wants Bill Belichick so, that, so bad, then maybe Belichick will only report to Fontenot. I don't see that happening. It's all about power, and they're going to have to move the structure to get Bill Bill Belichick, and I don't think McKay's leaving. So here's the situation. It's all about power. What is Arthur Blank going to choose? Bill Belichick coaching, or is he going to choose uh, Rich McKay still running the show along with himself? Wayne, your thoughts? Well, I I want Frable. I don't want any of those other guys. You don't want <laughs> you don't want Jim Harbaugh. That would be my no. number one guy. No, I don't or think Bell- I can handle it. Well, Rabel's going to want power too, JJ. Those three guys that we mentioned, Vrabel, Harbaugh, and, and Belichick, are all going to want the same power. They had the same power in their previous jobs. All three of them did. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting who the Falcons end up taking. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad, again, I'm glad they're getting absolutely every person they have a feeling for football in that room and in that building. Again, 13 coaches interviewed. Um, hats off to Arthur Blank and Rich McKay for going through the process thoroughly. And and they're going to find their guy. Uh, whoever that guy is, they're going to find him and they're going to ask him the right question and they're going to be blown away by the answer. And I do think it's down to two guys. Uh, also, Aaron Glenn, the defensive what coordinator guys, for Detroit. What two guys? What two guys? Uh, I, 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 think it's Har- I think it's Harbaugh or Belichick or Bust. I, I think that's that's what I said. I think it's down to two guys. I think it's Harbaugh, Belichick, or Bust. And I think their next best guys are the local guy, Mike McDonald, 
who started out as a grad assistant at Georgia and worked his way up. And then we mentioned Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn as well. He's done a heck of a job with that run, that rush defense in Detroit uh, this year and turn that franchise's defense around uh, for the better in the second half of the season. So I, I think there's a lot of viable candidates, but my two are Harbaugh and Belichick, and I think it's Harbaugh, Belichick, or Bust for Atlanta. Who, who's your two? Who's your guy, Larry? Who do you think's coming here? It's all a guess. I mean, JJ's guess is as good as mine, or as good as anyone. The reports that I've that I've been reading and, and listening to, um, I'm with JJ. I think it's. I think it's Harbaugh Belichick is is one A and one B, but I think there are two other sleepers that I don't think people are paying really much attention to, and I think the reason being is because you're not going to get a chance to get an in-person interview with them until after this weekend. Number one, of course, coordinator Johnson from Detroit, um, and I've told you about the coordinator from the Houston Texans that they said they were blown away by with his interview. You know, but I think they loved having Raheem Morris's interview. I've heard that they've loved having him. And I tell you, I, I can't say that I don't like Coach Rabel at all, Wayne. I can understand Raheem, the, the love affair or the love affair with Raheem Morris because he's been there. He knows the situation. He's been in the shoes. He's got a relationship with both Arthur Blank and Rich McKay. He's proven himself with the D.C. of the Rams. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, I kind of – J.J., I'm a lot like what you said earlier, man. It's, I want as many football minds on this on this Atlanta Falcons staff that just, that just doesn't follow or become yes men. You know, uh, Jared Mayo said it best when he had his press conference with the Patriots. I want people that's going to test my football knowledge. I don't want everybody to just bow down to me. I want some people that's going to come up with ideas and be innovative. And I think that's the way you're going to have to have the Atlanta Falcons coaching team this, this time around in this cycle. I think that's going to be the best bet for them is to get as many smart and innovative minds in the building. And then you get, and you got to trust Terry Fontenot. You got to trust him to get you the guys that are going to help you get to the next level and, you can agree or disagree with me, but I think if you get yourself a competent quarterback, you're at least a wild card team, if not competing for a divisional round in the playoffs. You, you know what, Larry? Um, the Raheem Morris answer was a good one. You mentioned it. He knows the power structure. He knows it's blank, McKay, Fontenot, and the head coach. See, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is coming here. I think he's going to go to the Chargers. Uh, that's, uh, you know, within striking distance, they've said it on TV. To me, I don't know if they get any big name because of the power structure. I, I'm going to say it's, I, I think it's Ben Johnson. I think that's their guy. Now, Belichick, if they can work out the power structure, he'll be the guy in here. But Jim Harbaugh, I don't think he's getting out of California without getting the job. So it, it's all speculation. It's all guess. Who's your guy, Wayne? <laughs> Were you talking about Atlanta Falcons head coach, right? Yep. Yep. Well, how many how many times have we got to save Rabel? So you think he's going to get the job? That's who I wanted to get the job. So I'm willing it into uh, uh, actuality or something. Yeah. No. No. no you're okay. No. I get it. I. I knew. All right. Fine. Fantastic. All right, guys. You can find us all on Facebook. 
what Instagram, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and of course, Twitter, yada, yada. You can get Larry at LG4. Real though, JJ at JJ, get you one. Wayne at RWY Jr., myself at Quarter Todd, and all of us at ATL Prime Sports. Uh, let's go on to the AFC NFC Championship game. Uh, we're talking about keys and all this jazz, so let's get it going. Let's take the three o'clock game first um, Kansas City at Baltimore. Um, everyone give two quick keys, I guess. Uh, um, go ahead, JJ. Yeah, uh, key. Well, let's go with uh, the Ravens. They got to continue their dominant defensive performance. Ravens' unit was sixth and 191.9 yards per game in the past, uh, past defense this year. First in QBR allowed, the average QBR was 74.6. That'll have to carry over in this game. They're going to have to to shut Mahomes down as much as they can, as what they say is contain Patrick Mahomes in that passing game with Travis Kelsey, Rice, uh, Valdez, Scambling. They're going to have to contain those guys, and that that's going to be their their key is maintain that dominant defensive performance on the in the secondary that they've had the entire season. They're on a five-game streak of holding opponents under 20 points. So uh, that that that's my first key there. Uh, for the Chiefs, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes versus Baltimore defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. Mahomes has been as effective versus, uh, or, or has not, excuse me, has not been as effective versus pressure this past season uh, and postseason included. A 71.0 QBR when facing pressure so McDonald, the way he disguises his blitz, his defensive packages, that's going to be extremely key there. There's my one key for each team right now, and we'll go into conversation mode and have some fun. But yeah. those are my first two keys, guys. Well, you know, with dominant and, 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 and Patrick Mahomes versus the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. We look, I mean, here's the situation. Um, turnovers are obviously gigantic. Field position to me is critical for 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 Kansas City. They they want to make Baltimore go go the long way. This has been the Chiefs' what best defense since since Patrick Mahomes is has been in Kansas City since Patrick started as a starter. He's been in six AFC Championship games in a row. Uh, you know, I mean, this you can't. Kansas City, in order to win the game, they got to stop Baltimore running the ball, and they also got to keep uh, uh, Jackson in the cl- in the pocket. They got to keep him from scrambling, make him a pocket passer. It's that simple for for Kansas City. Pacheco, one of the hardest runners in the NFL, they've got to be able to run the ball, and in Mahomes, he's got to be contained. But um, you know, here's something nobody is is, is you know you know who's ref in the game, Sean Smith. For the National Football League, here's the key. On the road, he's his team. He, the road team wins a lot of the games that he that he um that uh, he refs. This is mm. the most of anybody in the NFL. He's the highest percentage referee when the road team wins, and it's over forty percent. That's that's a big thing. When I looked at that and saw who the ref is. And this helps the Chiefs, in my opinion. They'll be on the road. The home team seems to get more penalties when he's calling games, too. So, well, you know, hey, 
Hey, Todd, that sounds like a conspiracy theory. You know, you know, we're not on Rumble. We're on YouTube, right? Well, you know, here's the deal. I, I only can show the, the key having a ref that, you know, most of the time, that's what happens. So, Larry. Uh, it is, inter it is interesting, though. No, it is. What do you, what do you think about the game? My, me? So, I'm, my... Yeah, Larry Larry knows more about that game than I do. I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> No way, man. You're good. You're good. So, I think I got two two really easy keys, and I'm not going to elaborate on them much. But Baltimore, and it's been this way almost all season long, has allowed under 50 yards per game on the ground or less. If Kansas City cannot get a running game going, and Baltimore's defense can literally just pin their ears back and come with – the blitzkrieg of all blitzkriegs on Patrick Mahomes all night, it is going to be a long day for the Chiefs and that offense. You know, Larry, uh, one thing I right say, there. that reminds me of Baltimore. That reminds me of Tampa Bay when they beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. They were able to stop the running game and pin Mahomes ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and my second key is the offensive line of the Baltimore Ravens. They have been able to keep Lamar Jackson upright, whether it was a running lane or if it was throwing lane, they have been – I mean, they have about been as clean as the Detroit Lions offensive line in protecting Jared Goff. If you can keep your quarterback upright and when you've got a weapon like he is, listen, the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, that front seven especially, is going to have a long day if they, if they can handle him. But they basically let him do what he did Last week, where he ran for 100 and, uh, and, and threw for over 100, you know, and, and you got you to gotta make Lamar one-dimensional if you're Kansas City, if you're going to win the football game. You can't expect Patrick Mahomes to go into the phone booth, come out in the Superman outfit, and literally will his team to victory because he can't depend on his receivers. He can't catch a call and it's no butt naked. So if that's the case, <laughs> it's going to take a whole lot. For him to be able to single-handedly wield this team to victory, you don't like to bet against Mahomes, but this is one thing that I think they're going to be overmatched because Baltimore is such a complete team in all three phases, man. Yeah, Larry, I, I agree with you. Uh, that, that was my, my secondary key right there. The Chiefs must find a way to slow down the running game of Baltimore. So I just said it a little differently. Look, the Chiefs gave up 72 and two rushing scores to Josh Allen last week. You're exactly right, Larry. They're going to have to figure out a way to contain the number one rushing offense in the NFL. They got, again, uh, uh, they gave up 182 last week versus the Bills. And, well, their counterpart rushed for over 200 last week coming in here. So that's going to be a huge difference in the game. Agree with you 100%, Larry. You know what, gentlemen? Um, well, I mentioned turnovers are huge, obviously, on each side of the ball. Field position time of possession, keep Lamar Jackson off the field. Kansas City hasn't had a multiple turnover game since Christmas against the Raiders. They have, their offense has really stepped it up. It's starting to come, you know, you're starting to see Kelsey hang on the football, you, you know, Pacheco, nobody runs like him. If they can keep Lamar off the field and get a good running game, that was the most yards the Chiefs gave up on the ground last week to Buffalo. That kind of surprised me because they've really been stingy with Jones up front, Larry. 
And man, this to me is going to be a really, really tight ball game. I don't see a blowout. I see a one-score game. Yeah, yeah it's going to go ahead, Larry. No, no I'm good. I, I was going to say it's, it's really to me. I I don't know the last time, and I know the Buffalo game is always going to be physical. It's, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is basically Brady Manning 2.0, but. The physicality that Baltimore plays with week in and week out, they literally beat you to submission. You know, he was right, right with them for a whole half. They went into the locker room. It was like going to the corner in a big boxing match, and then Baltimore just came out throwing haymakers, you know. <laughs> and if, if you get into that kind of a match with Kansas City, I don't know if they can handle – just that 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 physicality and that that brutality of wearing on you, especially in in Baltimore, man. And if the weather, man, it's look. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be the best Houdini in America if they're going if he's going to wheel. And I'm not doubting him because I've seen him do some magical things. Yeah, he, he's, the he's Eagles have, have to, to be almost perfect. Yeah, you he's know what? Almost a perfect last game. year. Larry, the Eagles' D last year was, you know, the best D in football, and Kansas City just ripped them apart. And, J.J., as you know, with, with Kansas City Mahomes, he is Houdini. He finds a way to win games. Great quarterbacks do. This is just a, this is just a stellar matchup, and, and this is going to be highly – oh, the games are already – these are the most watched divisional games ever. I'm never going to get the same thing for the conference championship games. Yeah, I saw uh, over 40 million for each of the games on Sunday last week. Yep. Um, it, it's it's going to be great, guys. Let's uh, let's flip over to the NFC side of things. Yeah, let's and talk do that. About the 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 prime time matchup, Todd. Your your Detroit uh, Lions travel over to the San Francisco 49ers Levi Stadium. Let's let's talk about that. Give us your two keys. Uh, this is your baby, man. Let's let's have a little fun. I know the winning's got you smiling. Tell us how the Lions win this game. Well, obviously, they're going to have to run the football because that's how teams move the ball on San Francisco's D. Aaron Jones had a field day running the ball last week, and he's big Green Bay's big full, big running back. The Packers have a nice offensive line. They whooped San Francisco up front. Detroit's offensive line is just as good as better. They're going to go Jameer Gibbs left, Jameer Gibbs right. They're going to throw to him when they get one-on-one -on -one linebacker coverage in the slot. He burned Tampa Bay. He'll burn their linebackers. And, of course, and of course Montgomery running the football, power football, lightning and thunder. And also, Jared Goff has been the best fourth-quarter quarterback in the NFL since week 10. We talk about Mahomes and Jackson. But Jared Goff is right there with him. The way he's playing this season, he loves Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell loves him. This team will be ready. And, yes, I already said it earlier, last road win was 1957. This team don't care. They don't care what environment they go into. Kansas City got the rings, and the Lions ripped away from them on opening night. And you know what? Watch for a trick play. I don't think the Lions are going to risk going for fourth down unless it's deep in their territory. Watch for a trick play. It's coming. It won't be number 70's eligible. It's going to be somewhere else. 
you're going to see it. They're going to do it. Uh, my, my key to this game for Detroit, it's, it's Aaron Glenn versus Christian McCaffrey. What does Detroit's defensive coordinator do putting their guys in the right position to stop the beast? I mean, McCaffrey led the NFL in all-purpose yards over 2,020 on the season, led the NFL in total touchdowns at 21, averaged over six yards per play during the season. Glenn's defense was second versus the run this season uh, in the regular season, just over 88 a game. So, uh, that that's going to be your key matchup. Can the 49ers get Christian McCaffrey going? Uh, are they going to sell out, stack the box, put the safeties up there and force uh, Brock Purdy to throw to a questionable Debo Samuel and, and Ayuk and George Kittle and company? What's going to happen there? And on the other side, the 49ers pass rush versus the Lions O-line. Lions O-line is one of the best in the in the league. Second in terms of pro, pro football focus. The 49ers, though, once they acquired Chase Young, they averaged before that 2.3 sacks a game. They get Chase Young. They increased that production. They were getting three sacks a game the last six-plus weeks. I think Chase Young and, and Bosa get after, get after golf and put him under pressure, making it tough for him to throw because that is golf's weakness over his career is quarterback rating versus pressure. And when he's blitzed, it's 62.1 QBR for Jared Goff. So that's going to be the key there, the 49ers pass rush versus the Lions O-line. And it's always games like these, Todd, it is cliche to say, but it's so true. Most of them are one in the trenches in these championship games. Larry, Turnover. what say you? Turnovers will be huge. Field position, special teams, special teams, special teams. You mentioned the San Francisco front four. That's usually how they do. They rush four and drop everybody else back. That's why it's critical. Detroit take the time off the clock, run the football, and Johnson knows that, Larry. And If they can do that, and then they can get after Brock Purdy with their front four, that Detroit would have the advantage there to make. No, I think you're you're spot on, uh, especially what JJ said. I think if San Francisco wins this game, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to have about 175 all-purpose yards, and 125 yeah. of them are going to have to come on the ground because the last time Brock Purdy played a defense that rushes the passer like this, he threw four interceptions in a game against Baltimore. And I bet Aiden Hutchinson and that front yep. four of Detroit is licking their chops because Brock Purdy did not play a clean game last week. It, it was Green Bay lost the game more than San Francisco won the game. You know, and they can blame the weather all they want to, but Jordan Love, really, if he'd have had that, that, that Brett Favre moment back, I think he would have ended up winning that football game. But you know, if ifs and buts was candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So you exactly. can't go back and change the past. You know, the the key to me, I think, if Brock Purdy can play a clean game, San Francisco has a great chance. I just don't see it happening. He hasn't really been right since that Baltimore game in the regular season. He's just been lucky that his defense and, 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 and a couple of his star players, of course, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle, you know, IU. And, and we don't know what Debo's going to be like. Game time decision. He'll probably play, but we don't know Debo how effective he's going to be. I bet he doesn't you play, know. Larry. I bet he doesn't play. And if he doesn't play, San Francisco definitely loses. 
because that makes Ham Sutton's job a lot better in the in the secondary along with Gardner Johnson. That's where San Francisco's got to exploit Detroit downfield, and they got to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball on Detroit. I do not. I think they're going to have to beat them with a deep ball, and I don't think they do it. Whoops, I gave it away. <laughs> we'll see. Well, that basically leads us into our pick six. Guys, any final thoughts on that NFC championship game? You want Wayne, you want to get a comment? Larry, final thought? Man, I don't know any of these teams, and uh, the only thing I can say about San Francisco is uh, I'm still carrying a lot of grudge from the old uh, NFC West days, and so I cannot go for San Francisco at all. Hey, man, welcome. Welcome to the wagon. We bring more people on every day. Pile them up. Bring them in. Isn't that right, Larry? <laughs> yeah, y'all can keep that Detroit. Detroit to let me down so many times. I ain't, I can't get the support from the Lions. So, uh We'll, we'll we'll see though. I, I think I'm, look. I, I can't. I'm, look, I'm gonna wait till the, the segment. I ain't gonna get my pick away. I'm all, I'm all. <laughs> well, Let's go to the big six. Let's do it. JJ's winning sixty three to fifty one. Boo! He studies every game. I'm at fifty five fifty nine. I don't give a rat's bet unless I'm betting money. Wayne's at fifty two and sixty two. Or no, yeah. And Larry, you're at fifty and sixty four. Sweet Lord, at least you still have a chance to catch up because we have this week, we have the pick six. Next week, we're going to double the points for the pick six. You know, Jay, let me ask you something. You want double the points this week and next week? No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do the double next week. We'll leave it as is this week. I think we should double this week and make it fun. Uh, we, we're not we are. We already. We already established. We weren't doubling it earlier. So yeah, I we'll, know. But these guys didn't know. I was going to give it two weeks for the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do. Let's do it. Let's do a pick six. Let's do Baltimore and San Francisco. Three and a half. Um, three and a half. Baltimore's favorite. Uh, Wayne, what do you got? Well, I'm taking. Uh, hang on a second. I got my cheat sheet here. <laughs> I'm taking the Ravens to cover on this one uh, because I've had enough of the Chiefs. <laughs> He's pressing send, JJ. What are you doing? Me, I'm taking the Ravens to cover. Here's why, folks. The game is Sunday at 3 p.m. on CBS. It's the first home AFC championship game in Ravens history. So the fans are going to be amped up for that one. Again, 229 yards rushing last week. Uh, best rushing attack in the NFL. They keep it up. They get over the hump. Lamar Jackson going to the Super Bowl. Uh, they cover that three and a half point spread. Larry, watching Baltimore is like watching Michigan in college football. Two twins. Oh, that's right. Two brothers coaching their teams. They look like twins, how they coach. Each team was physical, the best O-line and D-line in football. But Superman for the Chiefs is wearing that cape. And you can't count them out. I can't wait for your pick. Yeah. So the 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 if I say it the way I want to say it, it's gonna sound real cuckoo for Coco Puff. So I'll say it this way. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are gonna cover. I think the Ravens are gonna win, but I think they're gonna win by three. And if I think that they win by more if I think that they will win by more than that, I would mess up and then be like in purgatory, but <laughs> Ravens win. Ravens win by field goal. I, I don't think they're going to win by any more than that. I think it's going to be a very close game. Here we go. Here we go. Don't press in and don't bet against Mahomes. 
The hook is the difference in this one, but I tell you what, you rarely see it in the NFL. Two road teams usually don't win a conference championship game against one seeds, but I'm not, I'm not pressing sand. I'm betting on this guy. Give me Patrick Mahomes. He'll find a way. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Kansas City and Andy Reid, they get back to the Super Bowl. Baltimore, I think they turn the ball over, and that's the difference. Let's go to the over and under in this game. Uh, the over and under in this game is 44. Yeah, 44 and a half. We'll get to that later. Let's get to the, let's get to the Lions 49ers. Oh, you want to do the pick? Oh, okay. Well, afterwards. Okay, we can, man. Thank you. So, anyway, let's go to Detroit. Six and a half point favor to Sam Fran. Now it's seven. Keep going up. Keep going up. I don't mind. Wayne, who you got? Now I'm taking the Lions and the points on that one because, uh, you know, I already said my deal about the 49ers. I just can't. I can't handle it. Yep. All right. I like it. JJ, you're next. I'm taking the Niners to cover. Look, here's the biggest uh, the biggest factor going to that game. The 49ers rush defense has only allowed one 100-yard rusher in the last 51 games. I think it's going to make Detroit very, very one-dimensional. Run CMC will get to the, get going versus physical run defense because he leads the NFL in yards after contact, over 1,000 on the season. Guys, of all the runs throughout all of the season, 36.8 of his runs – Went for 15 or more yards. I say he breaks a long touchdown run late to pull the game away. And I I, I say they cover the spread. I, I'm I'm picking them to win by about 10 points. Wow. No, Larry, shut him up and pass something else. <laughs> no, I can't do it, man. I'm I'm listen, I think San Francisco wins the game, but I think they win 27-21. So I'm gonna pick <laughs> the lines to cover, but I think San Francisco wins the game. Oh, man, you know what? Detroit is going to run the ball just like Green Bay did. Jameer Gibbs, he gets in the open field. Whoop. He's the best back they've had since Barry Sanders. Whoop. The other way, then they use Montgomery as the power. Then they play action pass. No quarterback has been better in the fourth quarter since week 10. I'm taking golf over Purdy. Purdy's pretty good, but he's not as good as golf. And the Detroit Lions. Go to the Super Bowl for the first time in his story in Viva Las Vegas. Now let's right. do the over and under. Yeah, over unders now. Chiefs Ravens over under 44 and a half, Todd. Thanks, 44 and a half. You know what? Uh what was the final score between Buffalo and um and KC? What was it? 27-24. So it went over. It went so over. That's interesting. Defense is going to be nasty. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a tough call. That's tougher than picking the games. I'm going to say it it's is. going to be over. I'll take over. Over, 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 over. I am going. I'm with you, Todd. I think KC Baltimore goes over, and here's why. I think the Ravens' D is held can five, five consecutive opponents to under 20 points. I don't think they do that again. Uh, I think they contain Mahomes enough, but I'm going with the over. I think both teams score the mid-20s. I'm calling a 27-20. 
Ravens win. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Wayne? You got the over or under? Uh, I'm going over on this one, but just slightly because I'm looking for a 31-24 uh, final score on this one. All right, Wayne, what do you got? Larry, what does yeah, Larry I'm the same way, man. Larry, the yeah, I know what he meant. He good. He good. I'm I'm over, but I think it's 31-21. But I think Baltimore wins and Lamar cements his second MVP season. Well, I'll tell you what, he's thrown the ball. He this is his best year by far. It's not even close. I think you know, he's a he is the pure package. Let's see if he can do it this week. Um, let's go to the over and under Detroit and San Fran. Uh, what is that? 50? Uh, the Lions, that game. 50 and a half, 50 and a half. I'll take over. JJ, what do you got? I'm going under on this game. I'm thinking Bosa and Young have a good day. Keep the Lions low scoring. I'm thinking 49ers 24, Detroit 14. Under. That ain't happening. What about you, Wayne? I'm taking the under on this one as well. I don't think it's going to be quite the uh, uh, offensive uh, game. I think it's going to be a lot more defensive. 60 degrees, beautiful weather in San Fran. It won't be the rain last like it was last week, Larry. You got the over with me, or are you with these guys? No, nah, I told you what my score is going to be. San Francisco wins 27-21. I'm taking the so under. You're, oh, you're under. All you guys are under. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, man, I can – you know, Kansas City and Detroit don't have to win. They just have to cover. But, I, you know, I'm going for the win. I'm pulling it all the way. You know, it doesn't happen very often. Um, you guys, um, oh, we have to do the, uh, I forgot, the other two. Mahomes. Yep. All right, so, so I'll take the uh, Patrick Mahomes over under 243 and a half passing yards. Guys, just, just for listeners' uh, notice, we are doing the spreads from Monday per ESPN bet, and these last two picks are prize picks from Monday on over-under yardage. So Patrick Mahomes, over-under 243-and-a-half passing yards. TC, start it off, buddy. Oh, um, ay, 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 that's a tough one. Um, I'll say, I'll say he's under on that. I think KNC is going to run. I don't know. You know what? I'll go Mahomes over. I'm now about to say that they're, they're not winning that game if he's under that mark. I tell you that well, much. Not necessarily, but Checo goes off. Maybe. We'll see. All right. So you're going under. Uh, Larry, I'm what say over. you on that one? I'm going over, I said. Sorry. Oh, over. Uh, over. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I changed it. Yes. You, you you originally said under. I went with that. What'd you uh, say? Larry, what you doing? Over or under 243 yards passing for Mahomes? Yeah, it's got to be over. It ain't no choice if ands or buts about it. And Pacheco is not going to have any kind of game. I'm telling you, the the, the Ravens defense has put the they put the clamps on about every running back since about week 11. They refuse to let any running back get any type of yardage against that defense. Roquan Smith is going to make Pacheco's life miserable. Patrick Mahomes will have to throw for about 350 if they're going to win this game. So I'm definitely taking the over. All right, Lou, what do you got, Wayne? Damn good dog. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the I'm taking the under on this because uh, it's going to be a Ravens day, and Patrick Mahomes is not going to get that type of yardage throwing the ball. Ooh, there we go. Oh, let's go golf. Does he get over two sixty one against Frisco, Larry? No, he does not. He does not. He is going to have to lean heavily on his running game, 
And if Detroit's going to sneak a win, it's going to be because Gibbs and Montgomery are going to tote the rock and have to get closer to about 100 yards a pop. And San Francisco's defense don't allow that much. So give me the under with Jared Goff. What do you got, J.J.? What do you got? I'm going under on Jared Goff as well. I have much of the same reasons. I had Jared Goff on his back quite a few times. I think they're going to get to him three or four times. Uh, best two offensive line, uh, best offensive line, or one of the best offensive line, one of the best defensive line. Defense wins usually. I'm going under. I, I tell you what, I think Jared Goff's going to surprise you guys. I don't think he's going to throw for that much. But he's going to step up in the pocket. He's going to have to do what he has to do and run eight, nine yards downfield and slide. I think it's under two, but I think Detroit runs that football and sets it up, and he's damn close to that total. What about you, um, Wayne? I'm taking the under on this one, even though I've got uh, Detroit winning this game. I think it's going to be a lot of stuff done on the ground and less in the air. Well, that will finally do the pick six. And forget about the last two categories. I'm not used to that jazz. We've been doing points and over and under. And hell, that's just too much for me to keep track of. So anyway, final <laughs> thought, JJ, I bet your final thought is going to be the football helmet that you just brought up a minute with the dog passing away. Oh, uh, no, that that is a good one. Uh, the latest Ugo, the winningest Ugo, rest in peace. Hats off to you. But no, my, mine is dog change. The offensive fumble through the end zone rule. Do not change it. It's really gaining momentum. It's absolutely crazy. The matchup has that matchup, the Bills Chiefs, has already caused one rule change in the overtime. Let's not make this the annual. Let's change a rule when the Bills and Chiefs play a game. It's the offensive player fumbles through the end zone. The defense did their job and you reward them with the football at the 20 yard line. It's that simple. The NFL, stay strong. Don't change a classic rule that helps the defense in this offensive-minded game. And the so defense actually deserves because they're the one that made the play. Why does the Correct. offense get benefit when the defense knocks the snot of a ball carrier and it rolls out of the end zone? I agree a thousand percent, JD. Which, which your uh, JJ? What's your final thought, Larry? Yeah. So my final thought is from talking to numerous sources around the NFL. You know. The most important factor in the Atlanta Falcons' next head coach is still going to be Rich McKay. You know, he's been Arthur Blank's most trusted friend and advisor and been by his side since he purchased the team. Will we end up with Belichick, Harbaugh, or will there be a surprise coordinator that comes in, revamps and revitalizes offense, and takes the Atlanta Falcons to the promised land? The world. Well, you three have been waiting for that for a while. What What about you, Wayne? What's your final thought? College basketball, Memphis? Oh, you, oh yeah, of course it's going to be college basketball. Uh, Memphis, uh, you know, being they lost those games, has dropped out of the top ten. They go to UAB in Birmingham at the Bartow Arena this Sunday at uh, 4 o'clock on ESPN. And Auburn is now in the top ten because they continue to win and continue to do well. So I'm looking forward to more of that. My final thought is, ah, my final thought is right here. I think it's either going to be Bill Belichick or Ben Johnson as the coach for the Falcons. And I'm betting on Ben Johnson because I don't think the Falcons are going to move their power structure even for Bill Belichick. My other final thought real quick, Stephen Izzo, college basketball, Tom Izzo's son, Fifth-year senior this year scored his first three points in a college basketball game. He went over and hugged his father. 
his teammates were more excited for him than he was for himself. He got to hug his dad. Michigan State is one now. What, four in a row? Mr. March is coming up. He's coming up. Michigan State's going to make a run. And speaking of college basketball, I've got Clayton State tomorrow on the pbcsportsnetwork.com. Tip-off for the women's at 5.30, pregame 5.25. Men's game approximately at 7.30. Tip-off approximately at 25, 7.25. There'll be a 25-minute gap in between each game. Hoping the Lakers can come in and sweep tomorrow. And it will be, come on out to the lock and then support your Clayton State Lakers. I'll be with 1984 national champion Tyrone Lockhart of the Georgetown Hoyas. He he played with Patrick Ewing, and the head coach was John Thompson. That'll do it, guys. Thanks a lot for the show. I really enjoyed it. I hope you like my props for the Falcons and the Chiefs hat. And, of course, go Lions. This time next week, we'll be talking about them in the Super Bowl. Mark my words. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Everybody, get you one. And if you like the content, please like, subscribe, and follow at ATL Prime Sports. See you next week, folks.